Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. I invite you into Jacob's Tent where we dive into the Word of God, grab a cup of coffee, get settled into a quiet place, and let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. Just a quick note of explanation before we begin the reading for today. I can hardly believe that it's been nearly a year since Daily Audio Torah launched. It launched right after Sukkot last year in October. And this year's Sukkot is coming up. It's right around the corner. Sukkot on the calendar, the Hebrew calendar, is October the 14th through the 22nd of October. And when we get to that point then we will have completed reading through the entire Bible in one year with a focus on the Torah reading cycle, the Sabbath, and the feasts. So after Sukkot this year, we'll begin a new cycle. We'll begin back in Breshit, or Genesis, and we'll start a new one-year cycle. So we are almost at the finish line. I would say we're 75 to 80% of the way done. Way to go, Mishpaka! Taking in the Word of God every day is life to our spirit and health to our bones. It's prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the Word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is 20 minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James Version for the Brit Hadashah or New Testament. Today we continue the Torah portion, Korah. Numbers 16, 20-43 And Hashem spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Stand back from this community that I may annihilate them in this instant. But they fell on their faces and said, O Hashem, source of the breath of all flesh. 
When one man sins, will you be wrathful with the whole community? Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the community and say, Withdraw from about the abodes of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Moses rose and went to Dathan and Abiram, the elders of Israel, following him. He addressed the community, saying, Move away from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing that belongs to them, lest you be wiped out for all their sins. So they withdrew from about the abodes of Korak, Dathan, and Abiram. Now Dathan and Abiram had come out, and they stood at the entrance of their tents with their wives, their children, and their little ones. And Moses said, By this you shall know that it was Hashem who sent me to do all these things, that they are not of my own devising. If these men die, as all men do, if their lot be the common fate of all mankind, it was not Hashem who sent me. But if Hashem brings about something unheard of, so that the ground swallows opens opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into Sheol, you shall know that these men have spurned Hashem. Scarcely had he finished speaking all these words when the ground under them burst asunder, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households, all Korak's people and all their possessions. They went down alive into Sheol with all that belonged to them. The earth closed over them, and they vanished from the midst of the congregation. All Israel around them fled at their shrieks, for they said, The earth might swallow us. And a fire went forth from Hashem and consumed the 250 men offering the incense. Isaiah 27, 1 to 29, 24. In that day Hashem will punish with his great, cruel, and mighty sword, Leviathan, the elusive serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent. He will slay the dragon of the sea. In that day they shall sing of it, vineyard of delight. I, Hashem, keep watch over it. I water it every moment, that no harm may befall it. I watch it day and night. There is no anger in me. If one offers me thorns and thistles, I will march to battle against him and set all of them on fire. But if he holds fast to my refuge, he makes me his friend. He makes me his friend. In days to come, Jacob shall strike root. Israel shall sprout and blossom, and the face of the world shall be covered with fruit. Was he beaten as his beater has been? Did he suffer such slaughter as his slayers? Assailing them with fury unchained, his pitiless blast bore them off on a day of gale. Assuredly, by this alone shall Yaakov's sin be purged away. This is the only price for removing his guilt that he make all the altar stones like shattered blocks of chalk, with no sacred post left standing, nor any incense 
Mizbayak. Thus, fortified cities lie desolate, homesteads are deserted, forsaken like a wilderness. There calves graze where they lie down and consume its boughs. When its crown is withered, they break. Women come and make fires with them, for they are a people without understanding. That is why their Maker will show them no mercy, their Creator will deny them grace. And in that day Hashem will beat out the peoples like grain from the channel of the Euphrates to the wadi of Egypt, and you shall be picked up one by one, O children of Israel. And in that day a great shofar shall be sounded, and the strayed who are in the land of Assyria and the expelled who are in the land of Egypt shall come and worship Hashem on the holy mountain in Jerusalem. Ah, the proud crowns of the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is but wilted flowers on the heads of men bloated with rich food, who are overcome by wine. Lo, my Lord has something strong and mighty, like a storm of hail, a shower of pestilence. Something like a storm of massive torrential rain shall be hurled with force to the ground. Trampled underfoot shall be the proud crowns of the drunkards of Ephraim, the wilted flowers on the heads of men bloated with rich food that are his glorious beauty. They shall be like an early fig before the fruit harvest. Whoever sees it devours it while it is still in his hand. In that day the Lord of hosts shall become a crown of beauty and a diadem of glory for the remnant of his people, and a spirit of judgment for him who sits in judgment, and of valor for those who repel attacks at the gate. But these are also muddled by wine and dazed by liquor. Kohen and Navi are muddled by liquor. They are confused by wine. They are dazed by liquor. They are muddled in their visions. They stumble in judgment. Yea, All tables are covered with vomit and filth, so that no space is left. To whom would he give instruction? To whom expound a message? To those newly weaned from milk, just taken away from the breast? That same mutter upon mutter, murmur upon murmur, now here, now there. Truly, as one who speaks to that people in a stammering jargon, and an alien tongue, is he who declares to them, This is the resting place, let the weary rest, this is the place of repose. They refuse to listen. To them the word of Hashem is, Mutter upon mutter, murmur upon murmur, now here, now there, and so they will march, but they shall fall backward, and be injured and snared and captured. Hear now the word of Hashem, you men of mockery who govern that people in Jerusalem. For you have said, We have made a covenant with death, concluded a pact with Sheol. When the sweeping flood passes through, it shall not reach us, for we have made falsehood our refuge and taken shelter in treachery. Assuredly, thus said Hashem, 
Behold, I will found in Zion, stone by stone, a tower of precious cornerstones, exceedingly firm. He who trusts need not fear. But I will apply judgment as a measuring line, and retribution as weights. Hail shall sweep away the refuge of falsehood, and floodwaters engulf your shelter. Your covenant with death shall be annulled. Your pact with Sheol shall not endure. When the sweeping flood passes through, you shall be its victims. It shall catch you every time it passes through. It shall pass through every morning, every day, and every night. And it shall be sheer horror to grasp the message. The couch is too short for stretching out, and the cover too narrow for curling up. For Hashem will arise as on the hill of Perizim. He will rouse himself as in the vale of Givon to do his work. Strange is his work, and to perform his task. Astounding is his task. Therefore refrain from mockery, lest your bonds be tightened. For I have heard a decree of destruction from my Lord God of hosts against all the land. Give diligent ear to my words. Attend carefully to what I say. Does he who plows to sow plow all the time, breaking up and furrowing his land? When he has smoothed its surface, does he not rather broadcast black cumin and scatter cumin, or set wheat in a row, barley in a strip, and emmer in a patch? For he teaches him the right manner, his Hashem instructs him. So too, black cumin is not threshed with a threshing board, nor is the wheel of a threshing sledge rolled over cumin, but black cumin is beaten out with a stick, and cumin with a rod. It is cereal that is crushed, for even if he threshes it thoroughly, and the wheel of his sledge and his horses overwhelm it, he does not crush it. That, too, is ordered by the Lord of hosts. His counsel is unfathomable. His wisdom is marvelous. O Ariel, Ariel, city where David camped, add year to year, let festivals come in their cycles, and I will harass Ariel, and there shall be sorrow and sighing. She shall be to me like Ariel. And I will camp against you round about. I will lay siege to you with a mound, and I will set up siege works against you. And you shall speak from lower than the ground. Your speech shall be humbler than the sod. Your speech shall sound like a ghost's from the ground. Your voice shall chirp from the sod. And like fine dust shall be the multitude of your strangers, and like flying chaff the multitude of tyrants. And suddenly, in an instant, she shall be remembered of the Lord of hosts with roaring and shaking and deafening noise, storm and tempest and blaze of consuming fire. Then, like a dream, a vision of the night shall be the multitude of nations that war upon Ariel and all her besiegers, and the siege works against her, and those who harass her. Like one who is hungry and dreams he is eating, but wakes to find himself empty, 
And like one who is thirsty and dreams he is drinking, but wakes to find himself faint and utterly parched, so shall be all the multitude of nations that war upon Mount Zion. Act stupid and be stupefied, act blind and be blinded. They are drunk, but not from wine. They stagger, but not from liquor. For Hashem has spread over you a spirit of deep sleep, and has shut your eyes, the Nevi'im, and covered your heads, the seers. So that all prophecy has been to you like the words of a sealed document. If it is handed to one who can read and he is asked to read it, he will say, I can't, because it is sealed. And if the document is handed to one who cannot read and he is asked to read it, he will say, I can't read. My Lord said, Because that people have approached me with its mouth and honored me with its lips, but has kept its heart far from me, and its worship of me has been a commandment of men learned by rote. Truly, I shall further baffle that people with bafflement upon bafflement, and the wisdom of its wise shall fail, and the prudence of its prudent shall vanish. Ha! Those who would hide their plans deep from Hashem, who do their work in dark places and say, Who sees us? Who takes note of us? How perverse of you! Should the potter be accounted as the clay? Should what is made say of its maker, He did not make me? And what is formed say of him who formed him, He did not understand? Surely in a little while Lebanon will be transformed into farmland, and farmland accounted as mere brush. In that day the deaf shall hear even written words, and the eyes of the blind shall see even in darkness and obscurity. Then the humble shall have increasing joy through Hashem, and the neediest of men shall exult in the Holy One of Israel. For the tyrant shall be no more, the scoffer shall cease to be, and those diligent for evil shall be wiped out, who cause men to lose their lawsuits, laying a snare for the arbiter at the gate, and wronging by falsehood him who was in the night. Assuredly, thus said Hashem to the house of Yaakov, who redeemed Abraham, No more shall Yaakov be shamed, no longer his face pale. For when he, that is, his children, behold what my hands have wrought in his midst, they will hallow my name. Men will hallow the Holy One of Jacob and stand in awe of the God of Israel. And the confused shall acquire insight, and grumblers accept instruction. Our New Testament or Brahadasha reading is Acts chapter 21, verses 18 to 36. And when we, Paul and his co-workers, were come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. And the day following, Paul went in with us unto James, and all the elders were present. And when he had saluted them, he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry. 
And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, and they are all zealous of the Torah. And they are informed of you that you teach all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying they ought not to circumcise their children, nor to walk after the customs. What is it, therefore? The multitude must needs come together, for they will hear what you are come to say. Do, therefore, this, that we say to you, We have four men which have a vow on them. Them take, and purify yourself with them, and be at charges with them, that they may shave their heads, and all may know that those things whereof they were informed concerning you are nothing, but that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the Torah. As touching the Gentiles which believe, we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing save only that they keep themselves from things offered to idols, and from blood, and from the strangled, and from fornication. Then Paul took the men, and the next day, purifying himself with them, entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification until an offering should be offered for every one of them. And when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews, which were of Asia, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man that teaches all men everywhere against the people and the Torah and this place, and further brought Greeks also into the temple and has polluted this holy place. For they had seen before with him in the city Trophimus and Ephesian, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city was moved, and the people ran together, and they took Paul and drew him out of the temple, and forthwith the doors were shut. And as they were about to kill him, tidings came to the chief captain of the band that all Jerusalem was in an uproar, who immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the chief captain and the soldiers, they left beating Paul. Then the chief captain came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains and demanded who he was and what he had done. And some cried one thing, some another, among the multitude, and when he could not know the certainty for the tumult, he commanded him to be carried into the castle. And when he came upon the stairs, so it was, that he was born of the soldiers for the violence of the people. For the multitude of the people followed after, crying, Away with him! Psalm 150, 1-6 Praise ye the Lord! Praise God in his sanctuary! Praise him in the firmament of his power! Praise him for his mighty acts! Praise him according to his excellent greatness! Praise him with the sound of the trumpet! Praise him with the psaltery and the harp! Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Proverbs 18, 9 and 10 
He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they are safe. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion in Numbers chapter 16. And now we are seeing what the consequences are for Korah and Datham and Abiram leading this huge rebellion against God's appointed and chosen leader, Moses and Aaron. And so at first, God says he's going to just destroy them all. But we see the intercessor role that Moses goes into in verse 22. Moses and Aaron, verse 22, they fell on their faces and said, O Hashem, source of the breath of all flesh, when one man sins, will you be wrathful with the whole community? So this shows tremendous humility. They're on their faces. They've prostrated themselves. And it also shows that as leaders, they are intercessors. They're interceding for the community. They're saying, Father, don't kill everybody. Don't wipe them all out. Just deal with the wicked ones. Don't destroy the entire community for the sake of those who are wicked. And so because they interceded for the community, the Lord changes his mind. And he says, tell the community, withdraw from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And so Moses rose from his face, and he addressed the community and said, move away from the tents of these wicked men and touch nothing that belongs to them. So then he prays a very bold and faith-filled prayer. And basically in his prayer he says, if these men die normally, then it wasn't Hashem who sent me. But if Hashem brings about something unheard of so that the ground opens up and swallows them all, then you will know that these men have spurned Hashem. And all of a sudden, that's exactly what happened. Immediately, the earth opened up wide and deep and swallowed them alive whole, along with their tents and their belongings and their possessions. And then the earth closed right back up. It was like a big mouth that opened up and swallowed them and alive, and then closed back up again. Now, we're going to see the earth do something some, like this again, but, but in a different fashion. Instead of it being a judgment and a huge consequence for rebellion, the earth is going to help God's people. In Revelation chapter 12, when the woman has fled from the enemy and she's gone to a place that God has prepared for her and she stays there for 1260 days and there he nurtures her and takes care of her, then the serpent chases after her and he casts out of his mouth Revelation 12 verse 15 water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood verse 16 and the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood of water which the dragon cast out of his mouth so in this case the earth is helping God's people who are fleeing from the dragon and the earth swallows up the flood. It's like the uh, parting of the Red Sea in reverse. 
But let's come back to our scene from number 16. The consequence for their rebellion, Korah leading this rebellion, was severe, it was swift, it was sudden, and it was final. And so let this be a lesson to us that one day when we're in the end of days and we're under the leadership of God's appointed leaders and they've been marked uh, on their foreheads. There's 144,000 that are going to be marked on their foreheads with, I believe, the name of Yahweh. That we are not to rebel or push back or speak against God's anointed, his appointed and his anointed, his chosen leaders. Because if we do... The Lord is going to deal with the rebellion very swiftly and suddenly, as he did with Korah. May we take this lesson to heart. Now I want to jump into Isaiah chapter 27. And let me just go there. In Isaiah chapter 27, verse 6, we have a commentary from the Israel Bible. The verse reads, In days to come, Jacob shall strike root, Israel shall sprout and blossom, and the face of the world shall be covered with fruit. So the commentary to that from the Israel Bible states this. In chapter 5, Isaiah describes Israel as a rebellious vine that produces inferior fruits. Here is the happy conclusion to Hashem's song to his vineyard. While God may punish, it is not out of anger or fury, but the hope that it will lead to harmony between Israel and Hashem. And I'll add this in a parenthesis, with the hope that it will lead to repentance that the people of Israel will repent and then there can be a restored relationship and harmony between Israel and Hashem. In this chapter, Israel is attached to its land with an unbreakable connection like a deeply rooted vineyard. As a result, Jacob shall strike root, Israel shall sprout and blossom, and the face of the world shall be covered with fruit. Indeed, With the contemporary return of the Jews to Eretz Israel, the former desert land has begun to blossom and bud, a sure sign of divine favor. Now I want to um, go over Isaiah 27 verses 11 and 12 with you. And um, these are really key verses that are uh, remez, giving us a remez hint about a greater exodus to come. I'm going to read those verses again in the King James. And it shall come to pass in that day. What day? In the day of the Lord. In the day known as Jacob's trouble. In the day when Yeshua returns to ingather his people. In that day that the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the river to the stream of Egypt. And you shall be gathered one by one, O you children of Israel. And it shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown, and they shall come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria and the outcasts in the land of Egypt, and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. Okay, we need to define some terms, and then there's a lot to unpack here, because there's a lot that is buried or that's hidden at the sowed and the remez level. Okay, so when it says in verse 
12, O you children of Israel, who is it talking about? Well, many times, many, many times, people are assuming that this is talking about the Jews. The Jews are being gathered in, and many of the Jews have been gathered in and have returned to the land of Israel. But let's define terms. Remember, there was a kingdom split in 1 Kings chapter 12 between Rehoboam and Jeroboam. And so the southern kingdom, led by King Rehoboam, is Judah. So whenever the Bible is referring to Judah, that's referring to the southern kingdom, which in modern day terms is the Jews or the Jewish people. And then um, when it's talking about the children of Israel, and you have to look at context, but in the context of this verse, I believe this is referring to the 10 tribes of the north, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. uh, Those that are of the ten tribes of the north of the northern kingdom you shall be gathered one by one o you children of israel and then in verse 13 it shall come to pass in that day the great trumpet shall be blown and that's a remez hint very likely uh hinting that this is the day of atonement or yom kippur or no actually yom the day of trumpets not Yom Kippur the day of trumpets also known as Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah and they shall come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria now it's not literally the land of Assyria because Assyria today is Iran but I believe that in the land of Assyria that's where the northern kingdom Uh, the people of the northern kingdom were initially taken captive and exiled to Assyria. So this is a reference to um, those that were of the northern kingdom that were sent into exile to Assyria and from there they were assimilated and were scattered to all the nations of the earth. So um, the descendants of those exiles are you and I. If you're not Jewish and you're a believer in the God of of Israel, then that's you. That includes you and I, wherever we are in all the nations of the earth. The outcasts in the land of Egypt, and they shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. Now that is, I believe, connected to Isaiah chapter 2. In Isaiah chapter 2, it talks about how there's a day in that day. Whenever you hear the term in that day, then that's a reference to the day of the Lord. It's a reference to the time known as Jacob's trouble. So um, it's a 42-month period. It's a 1260-day period. So what we just read in Isaiah chapter 27, um, they shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. That's connected to Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 and 3 where it is written and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it and where is this mountain this mountain of the Lord we're going to find out in the next verse verse 3 and many people shall go and say come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the Torah and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Mount Zion is in Jerusalem. 
Okay, so this is painting us a picture that all the nations are going to come streaming to Mount Zion, to Jerusalem, and Yeshua himself is going to teach them the Torah. And he's going to teach it to us properly, correctly. It won't be twisted, it won't be perverted, it won't be incorrect. It, it will be, this is truly the Torah and how to walk in it, how to live it, how to, how to be in it. Okay, now let's jump into Isaiah chapter 28. And there's a commentary to verse 16 from the Israel Bible. And the verse reads, Assuredly, thus says Hashem, Behold, I will found in Zion, stone by stone, a tower of precious cornerstones, exceedingly firm. He who trusts need not fear. In the King James, that same verse reads as follows, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believes shall not make haste. Now, the commentary to that from the Israel Bible reads as follows. The Hebrew word for stone is even. What is interesting about this word is that it contains within it the Hebrew words for father, of, and son, ben. Once again, the Hebrew root of a simple word teaches a profound lesson by alluding to the fact that the bond between a father and his son is as strong as a rock and as precious as a fine stone. Now I'm going to add my commentary. That is amazing that that word stone is even. And then we have the word father of and the word son, Ben, embedded within that word. Because we know as believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, that the foundation stone is Yeshua. And upon that foundation, that cornerstone, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and so that cornerstone is the father and the son because they are one let me say that again that cornerstone is the father and the son because they are one and we see it at at the uh, sowed level even within the hebrew word for the word stone amazing now isaiah 28 verse 25 When he has smoothed its surface, does he not rather broadcast black cumin and scatter cumin, or set wheat in a row, barley in a strip, and emmer in a patch? So the Israel Bible commentary on this is the following. Wheat, the first of the seven special agricultural products of Eretz Israel, from Deuteronomy 8.8, has been one of the world's major crops since biblical times. The first mention of wheat in the Bible is found in Sefer Breshit, chapter 30, verse 14. Once at the time of the wheat harvest, Reuben came upon some mandrakes in the field. So important is wheat flour that the rabbis taught, where there is no flour, there is no Torah, and where there is no Torah, there is no flour emphasizing the mutual dependency of the physical world and spiritual pursuits. Now let's look into Isaiah chapter 29 and in verse 10 through 12. 
where it is written, For Hashem has spread over you a spirit of deep sleep, and has shut your eyes, the Nevi'im, and covered your heads, the seers, so that all prophecy has been to you like the words of a sealed document. If it is handed to to one who can read, and he is asked to read it, he will say, I can't, because it is sealed. And if the document is handed to one who cannot read, and he is asked to read it, he will say, I can't read. So let me unpack that for you a bit. This is a remez hint, talking about sleep, a deep sleep, like the ten virgins that fell asleep at midnight, or when Abraham fell asleep, and then the smoking pot and the flaming torch passed between the pieces. And, it, and even Adam, when he was put to sleep, and while he was asleep, Yahweh took out the rib and made the woman Eve. So whenever the Torah is talking about the spirit of deep sleep, this is a reference to falling away from following the Torah, not listening, not obeying, and not following the Torah. So deep sleep is the person has departed from the Torah. And so that's what these verses are talking about, that when you go into a a spiritual slumber, then you're no longer following the Torah and even if you can read, it's sealed to your understanding. It's There's a seal on it, and you might read it, but you don't understand it. Or, you know, you would say, oh, I don't know how to read. So that's what this is talking about. And then also, verse 13. My Lord said, because that people has approached me with its mouth and honored me with its lips, but has kept its heart far from me, And their worship of me has been a commandment of men learned by rote. And the Israel Bible commentary on that verse is this. For what sin did God punish Yehuda compared to Shomron, the northern kingdom, with all its idolatries and immoralities, Yehuda seemed positively pious. In fact, they had purified their country under Yitzhaku, Isaiah answers with one sentence. Though the people prayed and performed the ritual commandments, their service was not genuine, but only lip service. Some commentators understood this as hypocrisy. However, others interpret Isaiah's description in a more literal sense. Unfeeling, robotic observance has no value. Hashem wants both our consistent external actions with corresponding internal feelings united in his service. This is a verse that we can really take to heart, no matter what faith community you're in. If, if a person is Jewish, or in the, they are in the mainstream Christian world, or in the Hebrew roots world, any person of faith who loves the God of Israel, we need to take this verse to heart. Because in any one of those faith communities that I just mentioned, it is, I've seen it, where you're in a service and it becomes rote. It becomes mechanical. It becomes just this mechanical routine. I've seen prayer done like that, where the prayer is just rote and it's mechanical and it's robotic and um, there's no heart in it. There's no feeling in it. And I've, done, I've seen the same with just re- with services in many different venues, in different faith communities, where it's just a routine. It's it's a, like a, a computer program. You just follow the program. 
and and the heart is not engaged. The Father is after our hearts, that we pray with our heart engaged, that we worship with our heart engaged, that when we speak a message or we are fellowshipping, that our heart is engaged, that it's not mechanical or rote. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your Torah. We thank you for all the warnings that you have in there for us, for all of the exhortations that are there. And Father, I just pray into this last verse. Father, may our hearts be engaged when we pray. May our hearts be engaged when we worship. May we connect with you. And may it be from our heart to your heart. May we not just be performing a mechanical ritual when we gather together in our fellowship groups whether it be on a Saturday or a Sunday. Father, I pray that our hearts would be engaged, that we would not be robotic or mechanical, but that truly we would be pouring out our love to you and our heart that is teachable, that is soft and pliable, that you can write your word, your Torah, upon our heart. We seek to please you we seek to love you we seek to obey you we seek to walk in the fullness of your commands we seek to be in the covenant the marriage covenant that you gave originally at mount sinai and then you renewed that covenant through yeshua and and began to write the word of god upon our hearts we love you we bless you and we praise you this day in yeshua's name amen The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.